Dave Clark. I am the Hal. Welcome to this uh, soundscape. It's originally uh, it, it came from a program that I uh, made called Something for the Weekend. Uh, when I went down to meet with a consultant anaesthetist, Dr. Gary Minto, at uh, Derriford Hospital, which is a, a major hospital down in the southwest of England. Uh, Dr. Gary Minto does a lot of work with uh, patients where he assesses uh, risk prior to major surgery. So the idea is that you put a patient onto an exercise bike and you measure their cardiovascular system, the strength of their heart and their ability to carry oxygen. And the reason why that's important is because it's an indication of the healing ability of that person. After major surgery, you need a lot of oxygen and you need a good heart for, for healing. But the opportunity also arose to talk about uh, the whole idea of consciousness and what that really means uh, with Gary. So the piece I put together is really supposed to be uh, like wafting in and out of consciousness. Uh, imagine you're lying down, some of the sounds you hear are comforting, uh, some of them are maybe a little disconcerting, some snatches of conversation are repetitive and other sounds you may not have heard before. So uh, uh, have a listen. always just like come around and like have no recollection of people kind of sometimes they say gosh I remember really weird do, do people always just like come around and like have no recollection of people kind of sometimes they say gosh I remember really weird do, do people always just like come around and like have no recollection of people kind of Sometimes do they say, gosh, I'm a little really weird. No, no, mainly because... Do, do people always just like come not around? Sure. Like what, have but a uh, Sometimes do they say... The definition of sentience includes in it. Do, do no, neither am I. But it was just that kind of idea about sort of, you know, consciousness and self-consciousness. And it's very difficult. I can't. Always, I know. Well, we, we, we certainly, uh, we, we certainly can see it in theatre all the time that movement is associated but different than consciousness, which is associated and different from pain perception. So you can get a body which is moving while the surgeon is trying to operate, and you know they don't like that. So we give stuff to stop the body moving in certain situations, and that movement often happens without any hint that the patient's aware of it. Sure. And what's fascinating is that that monitor I told you about, which is called BIS, bispectral index, it's a way of classifying the brain waves into different frequency spectra. Yeah. That is a number between 100 and 0. So as you move from awake to asleep to zero cortical activity, you move between 100 down towards 0. And less than 60 in general is associated with being anaesthetized enough not to have any awareness during the surgery. I guess you might call that sentience. But that number depends on the brainwave activity. Right. Some guys, I know the guy, um, is an Australian anaesthetist uh, who's now working in Cairns. He got 10 of his colleagues together, and what they did was put these things on and then give themselves paralyzing drugs. 
okay. without any anaesthetic at all. So they're now unable to move, knowing that they're not going to be able to move or breathe for the next 25 minutes or so, so completely reliant on their friends and colleagues who are there with them to breathe for them. And their bis numbers, a lot of them dropped down into the range where we would think those people were asleep. But they weren't because you know, they didn't give anything at all to make them asleep. So this kind of interaction between how the muscles move and how the brain perceives yeah. that we don't fully understand. It's weird. always just like come around and like have no recollection of people kind of sometimes do they say gosh I went to a really weird somebody anaesthetic whilst they're asleep? Well, you have to, to keep them asleep. So what are you, Sorry, what do you mean when people have gone to sleep naturally? Well, no, you, you, you said it. What do you mean by UV? Well, so I'm, if, if you anaesthetise someone, yeah, okay. so you give them what we call an induction dose. Yeah. So you give them a certain compound that has got a predictable yep. chemistry and it gets people off to sleep. What, what I mean is they're anaesthetised. Yep, okay. So like that's that. different from sleeping. Yeah, yeah. So, when they're anaesthetised, you then have to keep giving them stuff to keep them anaesthetised, yep. or else they're going to wake up again, yep. particularly if they're having a surgical stimulus. Yep. So if you give people enough to get them anaesthetised, yep. and then you increase the pressure in the room okay. by a few atmospheres, yep. they'll okay. wake up again. Okay. Okay. They'll wake up again. We think okay. it's something to do with the way that the, okay. the, the, the brain, the yeah. nerve membranes work. Oh, okay. And if you pressurise them, yeah. then maybe they start sending traffic on themselves again. Some, yeah. Something weird like that. Okay. But what we do nowadays is we also have monitoring of the brain waves. So we can monitor how deeply asleep people are. Could you put could you anaesthetize a worm? Could you put could you anaesthetize a worm? Could you put could you anaesthetize a worm? Probably could you put could you anaesthetize a worm? Could you put could you anaesthetize a worm? Could you put could you anaesthetize a worm? Could you put could you anaesthetize one in every three or four thousand people? So who would they be? What are those high-risk groups? So if people are what we call not naive to narcotics. Uh, okay. So people that drink a lot, 
yeah. who are alcoholics, yeah. um, people that have got, uh, there are metabolizing enzymes for the anesthetics. So if people are on drugs that stimulate the metabolizing enzymes, so people are on anti-epileptic stuff, yeah. people are on antipsychotic stuff, yeah. people that take a lot of drugs yeah. socially, normally, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. they often do actually need quite a lot more to get the effect making them unconscious because their body is adapted and used to having drugs to handle. Yeah. So it handles the anesthetic drugs as well. Yeah. So they're at high risk. Yeah. And then if you're in a situation where the anesthetist is maybe holding back on how much they give you. So if you're bleeding to death for instance, yeah. if we give you a full dose, yeah. it can stop your heart. It stuns the heart. That's when your legs turn cabbage. No, your legs actually could carry on as long as you went just beyond that. Okay. Your legs keep going for ages. That's why people are able to get themselves up to a kind of almost well, they can they can exercise beyond their anaerobic threshold for hours because as long as they stay just beyond it, they're continuously in some muscle cells. Regenerating the ATP that they need to keep doing exercise. Regenerating the ATP that they need to keep doing exercise. If you go a bit too far beyond that, what's called the critical power, then all your cells build up. Regenerating the ATP that they need to keep doing yeah, so, so we kept the, the nasal airway in for a couple of days, you didn't need the knees. Thank you. 
threshold of 80 is. And yeah. So we, if we go back to the flags, yeah. we say if people start blowing acid low on the hill, yeah. that's bad. They're, they're not able to sustain oxygen delivery. Sure. So they're not likely to sustain oxygen delivery for healing after surgery. Yeah. If people can keep going and they only start blowing acid high on the hill, yeah. great. And that says that they've got a body that's good at oxygen delivery. Yeah. And usually, if you've got a body that's good at oxygen delivery, in broad terms, your heart and your lungs are okay. If you're not good at oxygen delivery, either you're just unfit or deconditioned, yeah. or your heart or your lungs have got a problem, yeah. or rarely you've got some kind of weird metabolic condition where you don't yeah. handle oxygen that well. Yeah. But basically, with the flags, we say to our patients, we want you to be beyond the 8th flag, and ideally beyond the 10th flag. And if you get beyond the 11th flag, we start relaxing a lot, because our body's fine at oxygen delivery. Okay. To benchmark it, if I was to guess, I'd say you're probably going to be at something like 30 flag. 30? Lance Armstrong probably around about 60 flag. Yeah, he's on drugs there. Sure, yeah. And a bit of him being on drugs is EPO equals high hemoglobin equals carrying the oxygen around your body yeah. better. So you can sustain your oxygen delivery. So Sherpa Tenzi would do all that, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, he would. Although he's dead, he probably he's doesn't dead. like cycling and yeah. he's probably in his, what, 90s now? He's dead. Yeah, so <laughs> actually, sorry, he wouldn't. No. And also, so should we? I mean, I could, we can blow some acid now. Blow some acid now. You can put a. You could get my my cat, for example.
So you came up with this nine panels? Yeah. So nice. on that one, we're yeah. seeing what your heart does when you exercise. Yeah. So this between, uh, from left to right, is time, yeah. minutes. Yeah. There's exercise starting after about a minute and a half of resting. Yeah. Through to recovery, which is where I think resistance yeah. pedals. Yeah. Uh, ten minutes. So that's yeah. eight and a half minutes of loaded cycling. The yeah. hill's not drawn on there, but obviously you're going yeah. steeper and steeper and steeper. Yeah. We're following your heart rate, the brown yeah. squares. We're yeah. following your heart strength. Yeah. The purple circles here. Okay. These yeah. are purple circles, okay. predicted okay. maximum. Yeah. The purple circles here. Yeah. So yeah. the brown yeah. band there is predicted yeah. maximum okay. heart rate. Yeah. And yeah. most importantly, yeah. that is predicted maximum yeah. heart okay. strength. Yeah. You can see you've gone beyond that. I see, yes. Substantially beyond that. Yes. And then you flatten off because the human heart just can't do any better than that. No. So you can't keep improving the output from your heart because the heart's at maximum stretch. Yeah. Okay. Just so you've got a heart. Goes way beyond maximum. Therefore, Dave the Cow is probably a very appropriate. Dave the Cow. Yeah, yeah uh, like a, a moniker um, because you've got the, the heart of an ox. Heart of a cow. Dairy, a dairy cow. <laughs> yeah. The teats of a cow. Others. So that's your body. Just one more thing, 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 just one more just one more thing, 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 just
Such a good swimmer. I would just one more, sir. Just one more, sir. Just one more, sir. Incredibly good lung efficiency. Yeah. But yours is normal. It's like mine. Yeah. So when I say efficiency, I mean how well you, your lungs get gas from themselves in and out of the bloodstream. Yeah. And yours is normal. You have to shift 32 liters of air. You have to in order to clear one liter of carbon dioxide. In order to clear one liter of carbon dioxide. Really, really you good. Like 32 liters of air. Yeah. It's probably in order to clear one liter of carbon dioxide. Okay. You're at 32. As people get older, it tends to be about one liter. Kind of 80, 90 years old. Usually in the mid 30s or low 40s. So do we need to get out of this room? Yeah. High teens. Sorry, high 20s or low 30s. So it's fine. Yeah. It's not high pressure. No, no. Where your performance comes from? Discharges through that. So we need to get out okay. of this room now. The pattern of discharge will change if the heart muscle is so getting short get oxygen to itself. So right. we call that ischemic. Okay. But basically, it shows up if it's getting starved of oxygen to itself. And the commonest cause for that is that there's a blockage or a narrowing in one of the main vessels that supplies blood to the heart muscle. Yeah. So if it develops in particular quadrants, it suggests that the blockage is in a particular vessel that always anatomically supplies that quadrant. Yeah. So what I do on here is blow up whichever one I want to look at in more detail. Yeah. It's usually by convention, this one, B5, because that's that one. It looks straight it's up usually by convention. Okay. This is the most helpful. It's usually yeah. by convention. So it's the most sensitive. It's usually by convention. This one's starvation of oxygen. It's usually by convention. This biggest part. It's usually by convention. This one's But I can do whichever one I want. And what we're looking at on here is how far into the test we are. So it says it there, 32 seconds in. Okay. But that cursor is showing where we are in relation to your ramp. So you haven't got on it yet. Your heart rate's 65, yeah. 
and this is what the pattern is in that one. But yes. I see all 12 of them are blown up in more detail on there, which just focuses on what does the spike look like. And yes. it change if the heart was starting to get the start of oxygen to itself. So if yep. I play it again, and just jump through to later in the test. Yes. And I'll freeze it again now. See lots more spikes? You're yeah. really much faster. You're eight minutes into the test, yeah. you're at 230 watts, you're yeah. right near your peak. Yeah. Uh, so 157 beats per minute. Yeah. So do we need to and get out of this This is now? what the pattern looks like. And again, that pattern is not suggesting any ischemia at all. So for a man in his mid-50s, as you get older, you get more at risk of heart disease, yeah, especially yeah. if you're a smoker, especially if you've got a family history, yeah. especially if you're fat, yeah. and you've got, got any other issue. So, you know, this is, this is good. This yeah. is pushing your heart up and not showing your head is giving you Yeah, 
So I'll tell you in a little while, it'll be about two minutes from now, when you're at the point where if you were going to the gym and you sat on an exercise bike, where I'll tell you the point where you'd probably set it for your warm-up before you started the proper exercise. Okay. But you can probably start feeling it when it comes up. Yeah, maybe I can tell you. So far. So far so good. It's freewheeling. So far so good. So in general, so far, so it's good. like going down. So far so good. And then it starts so far, getting so a little more so far, so intense. So but it's still generally for our patients never gets to the point where it's so intense that they feel washed out and worn out. So Vassaman nine. But we do watch carefully, obviously, because the most active Vassaman nine panel plots.
Are you just randomly sticking them on my torso? What do you think? I think you're randomly sticking them on the torso. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now these things are looking at your heart from specific directions. Oh, okay. Are you taking those deep breaths just to calm your nerves down? No. I mean, if I was here for pre-race conditioning, if I was here for you know medical reasons, I'd probably be really anxious now. Well, we see people's heart rates and blood pressures a lot higher right now than they usually. Because everything in all gold. Because people are nervous, and actually, we have to reassure prisoners. Get lots of ninety-year-olds. I think the oldest person I've tested on these people, ninety-eight. Yeah, is that people are obviously really nervous, and it's quite interesting when we first started doing it ten, fifteen years ago. Yeah. But initially, people you would write back to a surgeon to say, look, this patient that you want to do such and such an operation on, have them on the exercise bike. But initially, people on the exercise bike, patients didn't get it. But initially, people just didn't get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Relative demand, patients didn't get it. But initially, people just didn't get it. Patients didn't get it. Surgeons didn't get it. They're like people too focused on its carpentry, and it's not. Like once you start the surgery. If they go through to the end of the surgery and you want to do that, true, yeah. true, true, then true, that true. healing process is underway and you can't stop it. No. And if you're unlucky enough to start with complications like infection or whatever, yeah. then your oxygen demand is going way up. So yeah. you're dealing after the operation with much more yeah. stuff yeah. than during the operation. Yeah. So whenever people are like delighted that their relative has come out of theatre and is still alive, yeah. they're not at the woods yet. No. That's not actually, you know, that's obviously that's quite an acute crisis point. We've got to do the technical aspects of the surgery. Right. Yeah. But it's the next few weeks that it's not coming out of the operation. That's true. Yeah. And also, so we, I mean, I could, we could blow some acid now. Blow some acid now. No. And also, so we, I mean, I could, we could blow some acid now. Blow some acid now. No. And also, so to be, I mean, I could, we can blow some acid now. Blow some acid And also, so and also, so we should blow some acid now. Blow some acid now. And also, so to be, I mean, I could, we can blow some acid now. Blow some acid now. And also, so to be, I mean, I could, we can blow some acid now. Blow some acid now. And also, so to be, I mean, I could, we can blow some acid now. Blow some acid now. And also, so to be. So should we, I mean, I could, we could blow some acid now, blow some acid now.
No, no, mainly because I'm not sure what Buddhist uh, definition of sentience includes in it. No, neither am I. But it was just that kind of idea about sort of, you know, consciousness and self-consciousness. And it's very difficult. I can't. I know. Well, we, we, we certainly uh, we, we certainly see it in theatre all the time that movement is associated but different than consciousness, which is associated and different from pain perception. So you can get body which is moving while the surgeon is trying to operate, and you know they don't like that. So we give stuff to stop the body moving in certain situations, and that movement often happens without any hint that the patient's aware of it. Sure. And what's fascinating is that that monitor I told you about, which is called Did this always the spectral index, it's a way of classifying the brain waves into different frequencies. Yeah. That is a number between 100 and 0. So as you move from awake to asleep to zero cortical activity, you move between 100 down towards naught. And less than 60 in general is associated with being anesthetized enough not to have any awareness during the surgery. I guess you might call that sentence. But that number depends on the brainwave activity. Right. Some guys, I know the guy, um, he's an Australian anesthetist who's now working in Cairns, he got 10 of his colleagues together and what they did was put these things on and then give themselves paralyzing drugs okay. without any anesthetic at all. So they're now unable to move, knowing that they're not going to be able to move or breathe for the next 25 minutes or so, so completely reliant on their friends and colleagues who are there with them to breathe for them. And their BIS numbers, a lot of them drop down into the range where we would think those people were asleep. But they weren't because you know, they hadn't been given anything at all to make them asleep. So there's kind of interaction between how the muscles move and how the brain perceives yeah. that we don't fully understand. So, if you give somebody anaesthetic whilst they're asleep, well, you have to to keep them asleep. Keep them asleep. What are you? Sorry. What do you mean when people have gone to sleep naturally? Well, I don't know. You, you, you said it. What do you mean by you mean? Well, so I'm 
if, if you anaesthetize someone, yeah, okay. so you give them what we call induction dose. Yeah. So you give them a certain compound that has got a predictable yep. chemistry and it gets people off to sleep. What, what I mean is they're anaesthetized. Yep, okay. So like that's that. different from sleeping. Yeah, yeah. So when they're anaesthetized, you then have to keep giving them stuff to keep them anaesthetized yep. or else they're going to wake up again, yep. particularly if they're having a surgical stimulus. Yep. So if you give people enough to get them anaesthetized, yeah. And then you increase the pressure in the room okay. by a few atmospheres, yeah. they'll wake up again. Okay. Okay. We think it's something to do with the way that the, 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 the brain, nerve, membranes work. Okay. And if you that pressurize them, yeah. then maybe they start no. sending traffic that along is a number. Some, Something weird like that. Okay. That but is a what number. we do nowadays is we also have monitoring of that the brain waves. Number. So we can monitor how deep no. these people that are in the to try and guard against them waking up. No. That is a number. But if you really look at how commonly no. it happens, that yeah. is a number. it probably, no. unless people that are, are a number. particularly high risk, and there are some no. high risk that groups to be aware that is a number. It's about no. maybe one in that every three hundred thousand people. No, so who would they be? What are those high-risk groups? So if people are what we call not naive to narcotics. Uh, okay. So people that drink could you could you anaesthetize a worm? People that have got uh, there are metabolizing enzymes for the anaesthetics. So if people are on drugs that stimulate the metabolizing enzymes, so people on anti-epileptic stuff, yeah. people on antipsychotic stuff. Yeah people that take a lot of drugs yeah. socially, normally, yeah, 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 yeah. they often do actually need quite a lot more to get the equivalent effect of making them unconscious because their body is adapted and used to having drugs to handle. Yeah. So it handles the anesthetic drugs as well. Yeah. So they're at high risk. Yeah. And then if you're in a situation where the anesthetist is maybe holding back on which they give you. So if you're bleeding to death, yeah. we give you a full dose yeah. and stun the heart. And stun the heart and not the blood to so in those situations, you can't get less than the Yeah. Which means at certain times, the process be made ready
do, do people always just like come around and like have no recollection of sometimes do they say God, I like you. Do, do people always just like come around and like have no recollection of sometimes do they say God, I like you. Do, do people always just like come around and like have no recollection of sometimes do they say God, I like do, do people always just like come around and like have no recollection sometimes they say do, do people always just like come around and like have no recollection sometimes they say do, do people always just like That's when your legs turn cabbage. Your legs turn cabbage. No, your legs actually could carry on as long as you went just beyond that. Okay. Your legs keep going for ages. That's why people are able to get themselves up to a kind of almost well, they can they can exercise beyond their anaerobic threshold for hours because as long as they stay just beyond it, they're continuously in some muscle cells regenerating the ATP that they need to keep doing the exercise. So the cells going in and out of aerobic, anaerobic, if you're around about the threshold. Yeah, yeah. But if you go a bit too far beyond that, what's called the critical power, then all your cells build up lactic acid at a big uh, volume and suddenly... Yeah, so, so we kept the, the nasal airway in for a couple of days, you didn't need any seatbelt.
And then we but look at listen, where the anaerobic threshold of AT is. But so yeah. if we go back to the flat, yeah. we say if people stop blowing acid low on the that's bad. They're not able to sustain oxygen delivery or healing after surgery. If people can keep going and only start blowing acid high on the hill, great. And that says that they've got a body that's good at oxygen delivery. And usually, if you've got a body that's good at oxygen delivery, in broad terms, your heart and your lungs are okay. Yeah. If you're not good at oxygen delivery, either you're just unfit or deconditioned, or your heart or your lungs have got a problem. Yeah. Or rarely you've got some kind of weird metabolic condition where you don't yeah. handle oxygen that well. Yeah. But basically, with the flags, we say to our patients, we want you to be beyond the 8th flag, and ideally beyond the 10th flag. And if you can get beyond the 11th flag, you start relaxing a lot. We say, okay, body spine oxygen. Okay. To benchmark. Could you put, could you anesthetize a worm? Yes, I'd say you're probably going to be. Could you put, could you anesthetize a worm? 30. Lance Armstrong. Could you put, could you anesthetize a worm? Could you put, could you anesthetize a worm? And a bit of him being on drugs is EPO equals high hemoglobin equals carrying the oxygen around your body better. So you can sustain your oxygen. Oh, sure, potentially. Yeah. Yeah, good. Although he probably doesn't like cycling, and he probably needs, what, 90 then? Yeah, see, And also, so we can blow snaps if that low snaps And also, so we can blow snaps if that low snaps And also, so we can blow snaps if that low snaps And also, so we can blow snaps if that low snaps And also, so we can blow snaps if that low snaps That is And also, so we can blow snaps if that low snaps Thank you. 
So he came up with this nine panels. Yeah. So on that one, we're yeah. seeing what your heart does when you exercise. Yeah. So this between, uh, from left to right, is time, yeah. minutes. Yeah. There's exercise starting after about a minute and a half of rest. Yeah. So through to recovery, which is where I took the resistance yeah. on the pedals. Yeah. Yeah. Ten minutes. So that's eight and a half minutes yeah. of no cycling. So your hill's not drawn on there, but obviously you're going yeah. steeper, steeper, steeper. Yeah. We're following your yeah. heart rate, so brown squares. Yeah. We're following yeah. your heart yeah. strength. Yeah. The purple circles here. Okay. Yeah, so these bands are the predicted maximum for a man who's mid fifties. The brown band there is predicted yeah, so maximum heart rate, and most importantly, that is predicted maximum heart strength. Can you see you've gone beyond yeah, that? I see, yes. Substantially beyond that. Yes. And then you flatten off because the human yeah, heart just can't do any better than that. No. So you can't keep improving the output from your heart because yeah, the heart's at maximum stretch. Yeah. So you've got a heart that goes way beyond yeah. maximum. Therefore, Dave the Cow is probably a very appropriate. Dave the Cow? Harmonica, because you've got the heart of the cow. Dairy, dairy cow. Dairy cow. Dairy cow. Dairy cow. Others. So that's your As people get older, it tends to move upwards a little bit. So yeah. our kind of 89-year-olds are usually in the mid-30s or That's low 40s. Yeah. But for our kind of age, yeah. so yeah. high teen, uh, sorry, high 20s That's or low 30s, but it's yeah. fine. Yeah. But it's not high. Yeah. No, no. Where your performance comes from is your
need to get out of this room now.